Good day, all. Welcome to a new episode of Learning Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to teach you Bible truth, help you grow in faith, and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Now, I want you to remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Hi, saints. I hope this day is finding you and your family well. Um, It's been rough, and I know it's been rough, but I want to encourage you to keep the faith. Stay in the faith, because those who endure until the end shall be saved. Now, today's message is entitled, The First Coming of the Messiah was right on time, right on time. Jesus was still fulfilling Old Testament prophecies. Now, for the sake of time uh, and because of new listeners, this is why I mentioned this during every episode, I will read or give you a scripture and you can pause the podcast. And I will commence to reading anyway. And once you find the scripture, you can resume. And I will be using the New King James Version in today's message or during today's message, as well as the New Living Translation. And um, for those of you who are not aware, I, I study a lot. This is going to be a short message. It is. Um, And after today, I think I'm going to go on a two week uh, vacation from podcasting because I have to feel my uh, my spirit. You know, I need my spiritual food because I have been studying a lot to share and to teach. Even though I learn during my teachings, I need to eat my spiritual food as well. So I'm going to take two weeks off from podcasting today. That's why I wanted to make this message short. And um, every scripture that I call out that I will not be reading, I will be giving a commentary on. But I want you to write these scriptures down so that you can study them later to make sure you confirm this message. I always tell you, don't take my word for it. You better study these scriptures. So. Our leading scripture is going to be Matthew chapter 16 verses 1 through 3. And I will be reading from the New King James version of the Bible. And I am reading. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him that him is Jesus. Asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them. When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ was talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees. 
So what did Jesus mean when he referred to the signs of the times? What signs and what times? Many people believe Jesus was pointing to the miracles he had already performed as evidence of who he was. And this is partially true, not 100% true, okay? Now, much like the traditional expression, where there's smoke, there's fire, Jesus was basically saying that enough evidence of who he was had already been presented. Now, first, let's remember who the Pharisees and Sadducees were. They were self-proclaimed scriptural experts. And I want you to focus on the word self-proclaimed, okay? And as a group, they did know the scriptures well, at least in letter, if not in spirit. This means they had full knowledge of the Messianic prophecies and they knew exactly what to look for when the Messiah appeared, much in the same way that you and I can look at a dark cloudy sky and predict that it's going to storm and rain. Now, in contrast to the religious leaders who demanded a miraculous sign, when John the Baptist sent a, a messenger to Jesus to ask him if he was the Messiah or if another person should be expected, Jesus replied, the lame will walk, the blind see, and the deaf hear. That's in Luke chapter 7, verses 18 through 23, and I want you to write that down so that you can study those scriptures. This was enough to satisfy John the Baptist, who knew the Messianic prophecy of Isaiah chapter 35, verse 5 through 6. But it was not enough for the teachers of religious law, who also knew Isaiah's prophecies, and who still demanded to see more signs. Now, as far as Jesus was concerned, the signs had already been given, and anyone who had knowledge of the scriptures should not only have identified him as the Messiah, but should have been actively expecting him just before his ministry began. Much like the arrival of a rain cloud you can see on the horizon. Okay? Why? Because the book of Daniel foretold the exact time of the Messiah's arrival. The religious teachers knew this, or they were supposed to, knew to, to know this, and they were actively awaiting the Messiah. Yet, despite intimate knowledge of Daniel's prophecy and all the other Messianic prophecies, the religious leaders still rejected Jesus. Hmm. We are going to talk about why. Mm -hmm, it's a short message, but very informative, very important as well. Now, before Jesus began his ministry, John the Baptist gained fame throughout Judea for his preaching, baptizing people in the Jordan River. Many people in Israel considered John to be a prophet, and the Jewish leaders came to him and asked, Are you the one we're expecting? I want you to read John chapter 1, verse 19. Now, who was it they were expecting? They were expecting the Messiah. The Jewish leaders 
were looking for the same prophet Moses predicted would rise up from among the people of Israel. I want you to write down Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 15 through 18 and study those scriptures. And many speculated that John was that prophet, but John emphatically stated that he was not the Messiah. The Jewish leaders then asked, well, if you're not the Messiah, are you Elijah? I want you to read John chapter one, verse 21. Now, why did they, they ask this? Because the prophet Malachi predicted that Elijah would precede the Messiah. I want you to write down Malachi chapter four, verses five and six. Now, John came in the power of Elijah, but he was not the actual prophet Elijah, which is why he said no. He told him he was not. John didn't like them hypocrites either. Now, so why were the Jewish leaders and priests interrogating John the Baptist and asking him all these questions about the Messiah? The answer is clear. They knew the scriptures and they knew that the Messiah was predicted to, to, to appear at that exact moment in time. Okay. Now, while still captive in Babylon, the prophet Daniel was visited by the angel Gabriel. Now, this is very important. I want y'all to listen now. During this visitation, Gabriel revealed that precisely 483 years would pass from the time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one comes. Read Daniel chapter 9 verse 25. So what did this mean? It meant just what it says. It meant the Messiah, the anointed one, would appear exactly 483 years after the command to rebuild Jerusalem. So did this happen? To find out, we only need to count forward 483 years from the time of the command to rebuild Jerusalem. Now, in the year 457 BC, the king of Persia, which is Artaxerxes, issued a decree instructing officials in the province west of the Euphrates to give Ezra whatever he requests of you in his efforts to rebuild Jerusalem. Reinstitute the, the temple services, appoint judges and magistrates, and teach the law. I want you to write down Ezra chapter 7 verses 11 through 26 and study those scriptures, okay? This is the starting point for the 483 year countdown. Now, if you count forward 883 years from 457 BC, you get the year AD 27. Now note that the year zero doesn't count. This is the time when Israel should have been looking for the arrival of the Messiah. And as we noted earlier, the chief priests and Jewish leaders of this era were looking for the Messiah, which is why they so avidly questioned John the Baptist. Now, the year A.D. 27 coincides with the beginning of the ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. Since it's generally accepted that um, his ministry lasted three to three and a half years, 
and he was crucified in spring of, of the year AD 31. Write these years down, okay? The book of Daniel also predicts that after the 483 years pass and the Messiah comes, he will be killed appearing to have accomplished nothing. Now then a ruler will arise, you know, whose armies will destroy the temple and the city. I want you to write down Daniel chapter 9 verse 26. So did this happen? Yes, it did. Jesus was killed and his ministry appeared to have fallen short of its goal. Why? Because at the time of his arrival, the Israelites were looking for a Messiah who would conquer their Roman oppressors and rule the earth in righteousness forever. They were expecting fulfillment of the prophecies of the Messiah's second coming, not his first. They didn't understand that sin had to be dealt with, that we had a redeemer coming, that Jesus was going to be the lamb of God and the atonement for our sins. They didn't get that part. You know, they just weren't realizing at the time that the Messiah would come twice once as a suffering Messiah and the second time as a conquering Messiah. See, that's what we are waiting on now, the second coming of the Messiah. They missed his first coming. So the death of Jesus on the cross seemed to indicate, at least in the world's eyes, that he was not the Messiah, that he had accomplished nothing. They didn't realize about the sin, dummies. They didn't realize that Jesus came to die for our sins and the, the hypocrite sins as well. They didn't get it. That's why it's important for you to know Bible truth. Now, less than four decades after the crucifixion, AD 70, the Roman legions under the command of Titus destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. To this day, the Ark of Titus stands in Rome as a monument to this event. So was Titus a ruler whose armies were destroyed or will destroy the temple and the city. Yes. While Titus was at the time commander of the military campaign to put down the Jewish rebellion, he was also the son of the emperor Vespasian. And Titus himself served as emperor following his father's death, making him a ruler in every sense of the word. Now the book of Daniel clearly stated that the Messiah would come in the year AD 27 and the temple would be destroyed shortly thereafter, which it was in AD 70. So in order to fulfill the Messianic prophecies of the Old Testament, any Messianic candidate would have to have lived between the years 27 and 70. Jesus of Nazareth is the only historical figure from this period or any period to fulfill the Messianic prophecies. So either Jesus is the Messiah, the Messiah, Messiah. One thing we know, he is Lord. The Jewish leaders were expecting when they, they questioned John the Baptist or the Messiah never appeared and never will appear. Okay. There can be no future Jewish Messiah because the Messiah had to appear within this short historical time frame in order to fulfill the prophecy of Daniel chapter nine, verse 25. So now we come full circle. If Jesus was a mere man attempting to arrange his life so it appeared or it would appear uh, he fulfilled the Messianic prophecies, 
how did he arrange the timing of his birth so he would be on earth between the years A.D. 27 and A.D. 70? Can you tell me that? Can you dictate the timing of your birth? I know I didn't dictate the timing of my birth and I can't dictate the timing of anybody else's uh, birth. Uh, could, could you have dictated the timing of your, ver your, your birth? I don't think so. Now, coupled with his subsequent fulfillment of all the Old Testament pro uh, Messianic prophecies, the life of Jesus would have to be an astounding coincidence, which defies all statistical probability. His generous odds of fulfilling only the Messianic prophecies from the, the, the last message that I, I taught on, you guys uh, remember I, I taught about Jesus fulfilled the prophecies of, of the Old Testament. You know, uh, there is a one in 137 billion and modern historian estimate the, the total world population between A.D. 27 and A.D. 70 was somewhere between 200 and 300 million. OK, so if you're betting against Jesus as the Messiah, you're really making a total irrational bet against all odds. And I, good luck with that. But again, don't take my word for it. Read the Bible for yourselves. It reveals who Jesus is. In fact, if you're still not sure, examine his own words. Jesus will gladly tell you exactly who he is. Now, saints, when I told you guys that this was a, a short message, that's what I meant. Now, you can email me, even though my closing remarks uh, will say the same, will repeat what I'm getting ready to say. If you have any questions about this message or episode, you can uh, freely send me an email. You can uh, ask any question you choose. Now, for those of you who are unaware and who are listening to my podcast for the first time, my ministry is about leading people to the Savior, the Savior, not a Savior, the Savior. And the only Savior written in the entire Bible is Jesus the Christ. Jesus is our Savior. When Jesus appeared and when he died on that cross and rose again, I want you to understand this. Two very important things happened. Number one, when he died on the cross, the Messianic covenant that God made with Moses and the children of Israel died with him. That covenant doesn't exist anymore. So we shouldn't be in the Old Testament looking for anything. When Jesus died, he went into the core of the earth for three full days and three full nights. And he took the punishment that you and I so greatly deserve for our sins. So when he rose on that third day, salvation was born. Everyone who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ is saved. We are in the dispensation of grace. Now, people often send me videos and messages. They ask questions and, and I am more than happy to answer. Um, I received a video last night. I haven't answered it yet. I was real tired, but I saw, I watched the video and, and it, it had to do with, um, the end times and, 
uh, the coronavirus and, and how God sends things to wake people up and all, you know, a bunch of crap. The video had maybe 20% accuracy and 80% inaccuracy. So you guys need to be careful what you listen to, um, what you, what you see, what you listen to, especially on social media. Um, I will say this. I had not addressed the video to the person who sent it to me yet because I, I, I want to explain um, it, not in full detail, just enough for them to know the inaccuracies of the video. And I want to tell you guys this before I go. We are living in the dispensation of grace. Back in the biblical days, in the Moses days, in the Messianic um, covenant days, they were under the dispensation of condemnation. So when Jesus died on that cross, that's why he said it is finished because Jesus kept the entire laws of Moses so that we don't have to keep it. And we are not a child of Israel. We are Gentiles who were ushered in um, to God's salvation plan because the Jews as a nation rejected Christ. But the Bible says the common people received him glad gladly. They heard him gladly. So the Jewish people didn't reject Christ. It were, was the Jewish leaders who rejected Christ. But I'm here to tell you, when Christ died on that cross, the ground was leveled so that every man could be saved. Anyone who is in Christ is not under condemnation. We are not. Therefore, those who are in Christ, are no longer under condemnation. We are under grace and we are an imperfect people who serve a perfect God. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. He was 100% deity in spirit, but he had human flesh. He walked the earth. Uh, God walked the earth among us in the flesh. You read the book of John and it will tell you that God became flesh and dwelt among us. So everything about Jesus was God and Jesus was merciful. He showed compassion. He didn't discriminate. He loved everyone, anyone who came to him, he healed. Even people who were non-believers, Jesus still healed them because they came to him believing that he can do it. Cause you got to remember that um, those who want to be healed, it is the prayer of faith that heals the sick. And you have to remember that um, in the book of Acts that, and right now I'm winging it. Okay. I, I no longer have notes. I'm just talking from the spirit. You guys, you have to remember in the book of Acts that uh, the apostle Peter wrote that um, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth um, with the Holy spirit who went about doing good healing all who were oppressed by the devil and God was with him. And the Bible said he was healing all. And I want you to remember when Jesus healed 10 lepers and only one came back to thank him. The other nine just kept going. So that's the compassionate God that we know. All of the destruction that you see going on today, including uh, this pandemic, I want you to understand it's not the first pandemic and it will not be the last. And it has nothing to do with God. Okay. Now it may be a wake up call and God may be, um, uh, turning this pandemic around for the good of, of, of something because that's how he rose. We are under grace. Okay. 
We are not under condemnation. We are under grace. We may anger God, but God chastises us with his word. And I also want you to remember that even though we have this pandemic going on, I want you to remember John 10, 10. Jesus says the thief comes not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. I am come that they, meaning we, may have life and have it more abundantly. So anything associated with killing, stealing and destroying is not of God. And Jesus made that clear. You need to write down John chapter 10, verse 10, and write it in your hearts. Anything evil that rears its ugly head is not from God. We are in the dispensation of grace. So I hope, my, my sisters and brothers, that this message blessed you. You can play it for uh, family and friends that you think and you feel needs to hear this so that they can be encouraged. Keep the faith. Don't stop uh, praying. I don't cease to uh, preach Jesus and him crucified and that God is a good God. I will never stop preaching that because we are in the dispensation of grace. I cannot say that enough. We are living in God's grace and you need to understand what grace entails and what it doesn't. I can tell you this. It entails a lot, but what it doesn't entail is pandemics. Okay. And sicknesses and plagues. And it did in the old Testament, but not today, not today. We have a God who can deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. We serve that same God that, um, uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego served and Daniel, we serve the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who will, even if we are thrown in that burning fiery furnace, he will protect us within the burning fiery furnace. Remember when Daniel was thrown in the lion's den and God didn't prevent Daniel from being thrown in the lion's den. What he did was shut up the mouths of the lions so they couldn't hurt him. And we are serving that same God. Okay. All we have to do is walk in faith. The just shall live by faith. So I hope to see you next time. Remember, I'm going on a two week vacation so that I can feed my spirit, man, the word of God. I will come back even stronger. And um, you can always go on my podcast, you know, um, Anchor, Spotify and, and, and Google Podcasts and Radio Public and Breaker and um, listen to some pre-recorded podcasts and, and messages. Uh, it, it will definitely um, edify you and any family member or friends you feel need to hear it. Don't forget to click on the follow button on whatever podcast that you are listening to me on so that you can know when I upload a new episode. So until then, look, I love you. I know God loves you, but I want you to know that I love you too. So I want you to stand by for an invitation to accept Christ and my closing remarks. To everyone who hears this message, including those who profess to having accepted Christ, but don't possess his spirit. And to the non-believers who are chasing religion looking for God. Tomorrow is not promised to you. Now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. 
There is no other way to get to God outside of Christ. There is no back door. I want you to read John chapter 14 verses 1 through 6. All you have to do to secure your salvation in Christ is to say this simple prayer one time and mean it. Father God, I am a sinner in need of salvation. I confess that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And because I confessed and believe this in my heart, God, your word says I'm saved. Amen. If you said this simple prayer, my friends, you have just been saved by grace. Yes, it's just that simple. If you were sincere, you should feel a change in your heart right now. You now have free access to God. You are a saint, a believer, and most importantly, a child of the Most High God. I encourage you to join a faith-based teaching church. Continue to listen to Learning Bible Truth so you can grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Renew your mind with the Word of God so you can establish a relationship with Him. God wants you to enjoy life, laugh, love, forgive, and treat everyone you encounter with compassion, dignity, and respect. Now stand by for my closing remarks. pray that you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because you feel we have been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now, until next time, Remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.